0: Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. We always enjoy the time when the Silvas come down this year. We're blessed to have both. We're going to have our brother Mike this week and, Lord willing, our brother Michael next week. So we're going to turn our rest of our Bible instruction time over to our brother Mike De Silva. Thank you, brother Billy, and good morning. It's still morning. I'd like to start by reading um A verse in the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. What I have to share with you today is is not new, but it's true. And hopefully it'll be fresh. Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. It's the first seven words that are on my heart. For I, the Lord, do not change. Over to the book of James in the New Testament. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And just over uh, to Hebrews 13, page over, for our last verse, Hebrews 13 and verse number 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday And today and forever. We trust God will bless us these passages. What I have on my heart is talking about the Lord Jesus and just Him. He is the best topic of all. I mean, this is the reason why we're here, isn't it? The Lord Jesus Christ is the one great personality of all ages. He demands our attention. He demands the world's attention. The world now will give some attention to him at Christmas. They will talk about the babe that came and so on and so forth. But that's not what I mean. He demands our attention on who he is and what he came to do. His purpose, his mission. And he deserves all that attention. You know... I wouldn't beat around the bush whenever I talk to anyone about the Lord Jesus. I tell them right away when they ask me about his mission. I'll bring them right away to John chapter 3 and I'll talk to about the time when he was on a rooftop at night and a religious man came to see him. And the man came and the man knew that the things that Jesus was doing were amazing and only God could be with someone who could do that. You know, Jesus didn't beat around the bush. He looked at the man and he said to him, except a man be born again, he cannot enter. He cannot see the kingdom of God, let alone enter. And we know who the man is, Nicodemus. And we enjoyed even this morning the fact that the Lord then could take that man through the scriptures in the Old Testament and bring him to the time when the Israelites were complaining and the the fiery serpents came and so on and so forth. And Nicodemus could understand everything he's talking about. Michael was talking about how Jewish he was. Well, He fulfilled the law. He knew the whole law. He didn't come to destroy the law. He could speak to those Pharisees and those Sadducees and tell them everything. So here he is looking at this Pharisee and he tells him the whole story. And then he says to him, as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And of course he goes into that marvelous verse that we call the Gospel in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, you know, we could keep going through the, through the gospel of John. Uh, uh, Michael was talking about the dear woman with the issue of blood. I think John in chapter 4, here's the Samaritan woman, the, the woman that the Jews would have no, nothing to do with. And we all know what happened. Here's the Lord Jesus, and he's sitting at Sychar's well, and the woman comes to draw water. And what does he do? He reveals himself to her. You remember before he we even went to Samaria, he says, I must needs go to Samaria. The whole mission of the Lord Jesus, and our brother Billy brought it up, scripture must be fulfilled. He must needs come into the world. Why? For you and for me. It's amazing. When we think of Christmas, yes, we do think, and uh, uh, just totally amazing that he would be born. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. You know, I've thought about this sometimes. Poor Isaiah. Think of being a prophet and telling people that a virgin shall conceive. I, you know, like today we understand and we enjoy and we believe it with all our hearts. But can you imagine standing up in front of people and saying, a virgin will conceive. They probably said, wacko. No way. Cannot happen. And how's about this one? And a man will rise from the dead. He'll be buried in three days. He'll rise from the dead. Aren't those not the foundations of our faith? They sure are. But here we are and we're so privileged. Here we are and we're able to enjoy these truths. But there was the Lord with the Samaritan woman and we know he revealed himself to her. In fact, I enjoy John chapter four because the Lord reveals church truth to her. He didn't do it to Nicodemus. Remember, he, he went and told her, you know, that, you know, we don't worship just in the mountains or down in Jerusalem, but You worship the Father, for the Father is truth, he's spirit. You worship him in spirit and in truth. And he went and revealed all that to her. And of course, at the end, he even told her, he says, if you ask me for a gift, I'll give you living water. And we all know what happened. She took the Lord Jesus at his word, knew he was the Messiah, and she went on rejoicing. Brothers and sisters, do you remember the moment when you trusted the Lord Jesus as your Savior? I sure do. It was 38 years ago, two days ago, December 16, 1984. We went out for supper with my grandson, Michael and Jody had already come down. And so it was Friday and we were, we were out for supper and we were coming home and it just hit me because the snowflakes were coming down. And I said to Maggie, I go, you remember that night we were invited out to a gospel meeting and I said, listen, I, I don't want to go to your friend's church and listen to a gospel meeting. I have my religion. It's the same religion as my father or my grandfather's. I don't need another religion. But she said, you know, Kathy's been so nice. Let's go and listen to the gospel. I am so grateful that I ever listened to the gospel, the sweet strains of the gospel. I, I had been raised to understand that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. I actually had been raised to understand and believe, especially around Christmas, that he was born of a virgin. I actually was taught to believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I was taught to believe there's a heaven and there's a hell and that there's a devil. What I was never taught to believe is that if you believe in him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, i got to tell you, what a revelation, eh? What a revelation in all of our hearts. When you think of the moment, it wasn't that you might have or, or you'll, you'll progress yourself to have. It was that moment when you trusted Christ and you have everlasting life. I remember coming home with my wife that night and I said, I'm so happy. She goes, what happened? I go, I got saved. She goes, that's good. You need it. <laughs> See, she was such a good girl. She had, she'd never done anything wrong and what have you. So, but you know, two months later, God revealed to her that she needed a Savior. And she trusted the Lord Jesus as her Savior. But you know, we've read this wonderful verse in, in Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And many times, you know, there are people who talk about, uh, you know, getting saved and that's it. It's almost as if you just get saved and then after that, you know, that's it. You know, you're going to go to heaven and, and that's it. That's not it. I feel so sorry for them. I have lived with the Lord Jesus Christ for 38 years. And I'll just sort of, I'll try to just sum it up for you. He is amazing to be able to walk with him, to talk with him, to be able to have a counselor, a friend. Now, on earth, my best friend is Maggie. But I gotta tell you, our best friend is Jesus. And you know what? He will put, he will, he will see you through anything in life, no matter what it is. And so, what, what could that be? Well, let's talk about this verse. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. All of my yesterdays, now that I look back at them, you know, we're coming to the close of a year. You could look back at, at this year, and some of us who are older, we look back at many years. And and what do you see? Well, what I see is I see I see the goodness of God. You know, I tell some people, you know, I said, God is good. And they go, Oh, yes, God is good. I go, no, no, you don't understand. If everything went wrong, God is good. God is good. Yes. Our family, we've been through financial distress, we've been through cancer been through death, been through so many things that all the world goes through. What is the difference? The difference is Jesus. That's the difference. Is somebody to go through with you. In your past, what do you have in your past? Don't you have regrets? I'm sure, I'm sure you have regrets. You know, I, some of my biggest regrets are, you know, there was a moment in time when I was with these people, and I could have witnessed I could have brought the Lord Jesus to them. And for some reason I didn't. And I have a regret for that. I wish I could go back and, and, and do something about it. And maybe other regrets in your life. And, and maybe there are other things that those regrets really, they translate into sin. Maybe they're sins. The, isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, all your yesterday sins have been washed? You know, men are, are men spend a lifetime trying to cover their sins. They do everything they can. And, and I mean, sometimes we see it in political figures or prominent and, and, and say actors and what have you, when they start to become more famous, then people go into their closets and they find all these scandalous things and what have you, and they try to make up differences. Well, I have to tell you that no matter what has happened in our lives, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, has cleansed us from all our sin. Isn't that wonderful to know? All the yesterday, all the past is all taken care of. You know, I'm reminded of a preacher who got up once. There was like, I think 2,000 people he was going to speak with to that night. And an old friend from his past got up to the pulpit and he wrote a little list and he put a whole list down there and he says, I know you. I remember we grew up together. And he put on the pulpit, he listed all these sins that they had done together, that they had committed together. And this poor man, after they did their singing and everything, he came up to the pulpit and he saw this note. And it was signed by this friend that he knew very well and everything. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, he says, tonight, he says, I got a big surprise here. He says, I have a note here from so-and-so. And yes, I did grow up with this man. And if you're here tonight, I would like to tell you that everything you wrote here, which is disgusting, he says, by the way, he says, is absolutely true. It's true. He says, but the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, has cleansed all that away. It's all gone. Isn't it wonderful to know that it's all gone? Isn't it wonderful to know that no matter what in your life and all the past and everything, you see, the enemy would have you dwell on your failures and to tell you, you know, you could have done, but you're, you're, you're not worthy. You have problems. Whatever. But, you know, this morning when we took those emblems, that's what reminds us of what made us worthy. It's because of his righteousness. It's because what he has done that has made us who we are today. And we need to dwell on that. And we need to all the time bask ourselves in the love of God. Because that's what he wants us to do. So those are our yesterdays. And how's about how's about present? How's about today? Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today. What about today? This is the problem with a lot of people. They think, well, if I get saved today, that's great, because then if something happens to me, then I'm plucked from here and I go to heaven, and, and that's okay. And, and uh, don't get me wrong, but there are some people, for some reason, they think maybe now after they're saved, there are things that they're doing to stay saved. Listen, <laughs> we all know once you're saved, you're saved forever. You're, 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 you're in the hands of God, in the hands of Christ, and you're sandwiched in there, and you're His forever. But, you know, we've been enjoying that, you know, we want to be able to trust him. And we want to be able to be with him. But we also, don't you love to obey him? Be honest with me. When you do something that you know is obeying, don't you feel, isn't there something in your own heart that you say, well, thank you, Lord. I couldn't do that of myself. I couldn't be able to do that. Have you ever done a good deed or anything to anybody and they go, oh, Lenny, you're such a good man. Oh, Bill, you're... You, what you did is just amazing. and everything. Isn't it an opportunity at that time you say, wait a second, wait a second. I'm actually not a good person. Don't get me wrong. What I'm trying to tell you is that the scripture says there's none that doeth good. The reason why I've done all of this is because of him. It's him. All the glory belongs to him. Isn't it wonderful to be able to, 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 to do that? And in this present life, for all the things that you go through, isn't it wonderful to be able to to know that He's there to help you and to see you through everything you're doing? My dear mom, she's she's ninety two years old, and I'm her prime caregiver. Uh, when I say that she she she's in her own home, she has a PSW, which is uh, the acronym for personal service worker. Comes in two three hours a day, helps mom out. I have cameras on her. I have a lifeline. I have everything. Mom still cooks for herself. She loves to be there. My dad's been gone now 10 years and uh, the promise I made them is that, you know, that they would, you know, hopefully from their home go to heaven. And so dad's gone to heaven from their living room, Uh, was set up like a hospital with a little hospital bed and everything. And that's where dad passed from Absent from the body and present with the Lord. And now it's been ten years. Can't believe it. And here's mom, and you know, and mom, she she's doing well. And uh, anything she needs, I can help her out. But every now and then, six months or so, uh, an assessment uh, a nurse comes in, and they come with their laptop computer, and they want to assess mom. And they sit there, and they they ask her. They go, "Okay, ma'am." Uh, uh, can, uh, can you get up and maybe walk a bit and what have you? And they just want to assess her health to see if, uh, if she needs a little more help, uh, an extra hour or so and what have you. So my mum's English is a little bit broken and what have you. So every now and then I'll interpret and I'll tell her what the lady's saying. And anyway, she starts asking a bunch of questions. Then she finally gets to my mum's mental health. And she says, now, how do you feel? Are you, you ever very, very depressed and all? My mom goes, what does that mean, being depressed? And I go, mom, you know, like you ever feel discouraged? And you go, oh yeah, sometimes, of course, you know. Uh, I go, mom, when's that? Well, when your brothers don't visit. I go, yeah, okay, mom, it's, it's, it's okay. That, that, you know, no, no, she wants to know, you know, a little bit more about that. And of course, the poor nurse, she has to ask, she goes, have you ever, have you ever felt suicidal? And my mom goes, what does that mean? And I go, well, I have to tell her very plainly. I go, mom, have you ever felt like taking your life? My mom looks at the lady. She goes, you feel okay? Why would I want to take my life? She goes, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I just, I have to ask these questions. I'm very, very sorry to offend you and everything. I go, no, it's okay. Mom, don't be so hard on her. She's just doing her job and everything. And she goes, now, you live alone in this house. uh, Your son told me and everything. My mom goes, I don't live alone in this house. Now the woman's starting to think, because she actually is alone in the house. And so the woman's like, okay, okay, who, who, who lives here with you? And my mom goes, three, three people live here with me. And the nurse goes, three people? She looks at me, right? And she goes, who are they? And my mother goes, it's easy. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They all live here with me. I got to tell you, the poor nurse was like, I think we're all done. The assessment is done. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, mom looks at her and goes, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Are you going to heaven? Did you know that he came to die for you? And the poor nurse is like, I really, I do have to go. I, I, I go, no, no problem. Now. God bless her, she's 92, what is the nurse going to say? She's not going to say anything, she's not going to do anything. But of course, after she, she had left, I said to my mom, I go, Mom, you gave her the gospel, and that's good. And you see, my mom, she has friends that come to visit her, and her background is Catholic. So, you know, the friends will come, and they'll say things about, you know, the Virgin Mary, you know? And it's like, you know, I pray to the Virgin Mary and everything. And mom, you know, very crafty, wise, and, you know, uh, 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 wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, she'll say... You know, it, it, you really have to think about how wonderful it was for Mary, a young girl, to be able to have the news that she was going to give birth to the Son of God was totally amazing. She says, that's for sure. But she looks at her friends and she goes, but you do understand that Mary didn't die on the cross for our sins. It was Jesus. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Thank, thank you. Okay, good. You know, she could do that. And so what am I trying to say in this present life? The opportunities that we have to witness and what we can say and what we can do. If a 92-year-old woman who can't get around doing anything was able to witness and is able to witness and do everything, what what can I do? What can you do, brother and sister? I'm sure there are opportunities. There are many opportunities. My mom, many times she says, what am I going to do at my age, you know? She has, the, she has the assembly uh, uh, name uh, uh, directory we have. And there's a sister who has uh, a sister's uh, prayer list and what have you. And it's a, it's a huge book of names and everything. And my mom, she, she would have a hard time reading all those names. She goes, you know, she says every day, she says, I pray for the whole family. I pray for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. I pray for everybody by name. And then she grabs the big book. And she goes, there's no way I can say all these names. But I just take the whole book and I say, Lord... Remember all these souls, too, in here. They're so precious. And, you know, I say to my mom, I go, Mom, Mom, that I got to tell you that there's nothing better of what you're doing. And, you know, there are days for me, myself, that things are not going so well. I believe that's from the prayer of a mom. And, you know, maybe there's some here and you could remember maybe a mother that prayed for you and a mother that was, you know, my mom prayed before I was saved that God would save me. Well, the first thing he did was, I was able to meet Maggie. And through Maggie, then we were able to hear the gospel and be saved. And from that day to this day, you know, I have a, a father in heaven. I have a father-in-law in heaven. I have a brother in heaven. I have a brother-in-law in heaven. We have countless uh, folks in our family who are saved, who they, they've trusted Christ as their savior. But, you know, somebody, somebody has to bring it to them. Now, now don't get me wrong. Doesn't have to be you. God doesn't need you. But God wants you. <laughs> That's the difference. The difference is he loves, he delights in using you and using me. And, you know, when I think back and I think of how the gospel came into our family, my dear dad, he, you know, for 28 years, he listened to the gospel meetings. I think I I've, I've brought this out before so many times. I used to bring him out to a gospel meeting. He listened to enough gospel could save the U.S. Army twice. I brought him out to so many gospel meetings and so many times you know, <clears throat> I bring dad out and everything, and, and the meeting was so good. And after the meeting, I go, Dad. So how was that? Thinking he was convicted, he'd say, Mike, you know that lady in the third row? I never seen a hat with a brim that big. It's hey, just a huge hat. I go, Dad, Dad, Dad. You missed, you missed the point. But you know, the day came when Dad trusted Christ as his Savior. And uh, just before Dad died, uh, up in his room, he he said, I, I want to see you, son. And I went into the room with him and I thought he was just going to say something to me and all. And he says, just sit here beside me. And I said, sure, dad, what is it? And he goes, son, he says, says, I have to apologize to you because when you first got saved, I thought you betrayed the faith. I thought you betrayed us. I thought this whole born again business and everything that, you know, you, you, and, and he says, I'm very, very sorry. He says, he said, I go, dad, dad, you don't have to apologize. It's, it's okay. (laughs) And my dad, you know, he goes, I'm your father. Shut up and sit down over here. And he puts his hand around me. He says, I just want to tell you, Dad, uh, son, I just want to tell you, thank you for bringing Jesus to me. He says, I was a stupid old man and he was knocking on the door of my heart and I wouldn't let him in. And it was because of you that he came to our house and he came to me. Now, you know, talked about the past. We talk about the present. It's wonderful to have those experiences in life. I hope I'm encouraging you so that you, when, we, when we're done here and you go off this week and, and through the holidays, that you'll be able to have memories like these to be able to know and to be able to enjoy. There's no better joy than sharing the Lord Jesus to others. And so we've been enjoying the fact that we need him for the past. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. We need him for the present but we also need him for the future. And what is the future? Do we have any better future? Seriously, if I ask you the question, do you have a better future than the future we have in Christ? It's really, it's, it's hard to fathom what our future is going to be like. Have you ever thought of it? You know, when I talk to other people about the future, the first thing I have to tell them, and, and it's something that nobody wants to hear, is that, you know what the future holds for us? For the Christian, the future holds the coming, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming again. That's 100% sure. We know that. But if he should tarry, if it should be in 50 years or so, if we should die, it's okay. I'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord. But if I should die, I'm okay. What happens if you should die? People don't want to talk about death, but death is all around us all the time. It's in the news all the time. I don't know uh, down here uh, in your neck of the woods, but back home, it, almost every day there's a shooting. There's violence. There's a stabbing. It's just horrible. Just last week there was a, a, a young girl, 31 years old. She was just going to take a subway. She was just minding her own business to take a subway. And some fellow with mental health came over and stabbed her to death. I, just horrible. These things, you don't want them to happen to anyone. But what if that was you? You know, when you do talk to someone and say, well, what, what if that was you? Where would your soul be? I remember years ago, I was, uh, I was in Poland. It was uh, for work. And uh, it was just north of Warsaw. And uh, we went, uh, it was by a cemetery. And I noticed tombstones on the cemetery with, uh, with no epitaph. They were just blank. And I, 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 I found this very interesting. And I asked the fellow... I said to him, I go, because why are there no inscriptions on these tombstones and everything? He says, well, because those people, those people don't want at the second coming of Christ for them to be disturbed. Can you imagine? They thought that maybe the epitaph, and I believe me, I've spoken to other people who want to cremate their bodies because in the second coming, then, you know, then there won't be any of me left. But they don't know the scriptures. Because the scripture says that there is a resurrection of the living, that those who are saved, I mean, First Thessalonians 1 and 4, that when the Lord comes in the air, it's the dead in Christ will rise first, and those of us who are left will be caught up with them, to be with them forever in the Lord. And then there's a resurrection of the dead, of those who died in their sins. And I mean, you go into the scriptures and you read about it. It's a very solemn scene. It's a horrible scene. And it's a scene where the Lord Jesus is no longer a savior. He's a judge. Isn't it wonderful to know that he was our savior, that he is our savior, that he will always be our savior, that he is our king, you know? I I I talk to some people sometimes, and it's like they don't want to talk about these things because they say these are religious things. I'm not interested in religious things. Well, I tell them I'm not interested in religion either, really. This has nothing to do with religion. They go, why is that? I go, because every religion is something you have to do. And sometimes, I mean, there are people even in the Christian faith, and they could almost make their religion sound like it's something you have to do. But it's not. Because the clear message of the gospel is it's done. It's finished. Christ has paid the price. He's paid it in full. We need to just receive it clearly and enjoy it. And so to be able to talk to someone about having their past, their present, their future, all dealt with. To be able to know that, you know, you have a God in heaven who loves you so much and sent his son to be your savior. Isn't it wonderful to be able to, no matter where you live, to be able to tell someone, it's for you. Because I took it. Because I'm saved. Someone might ask you, how do you know you're saved? Well, you could just tell him I was there when it happened. Of course you know you're saved. It's very simple. God says it. I believe it. That settles it. It's that simple. I remember a man who, uh, you know, very simple-minded man. He got saved through John 3 and 16. It was 1 o'clock in the morning, and he called the preacher, and he says, I'm having a really hard time. I'm not sure if I'm saved. The preacher goes, really? He says, how did you get saved? And he goes, John 3, 16. He goes, read it. So the man read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in them should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, he says, preacher, I'm good. Thank you. He hangs up the phone. Two hours later, he calls the preacher. Three o'clock in the morning. The preacher goes, Jack, what can I do for you? Because I'm still having problems. I'm not sure. He goes, what did I tell you? Open your Bible, read John 3, 16. Well, he did this several times. Anyway, the last time it happened to him, he didn't call the preacher. He opened his Bible to John 3 and 16, and he put it under the bed, and he says, here, devil, you read it. He says, I'm settled. I'm good. Isn't it wonderful to take God at his word? Isn't it wonderful to have God's word? You know, only two things will last forever and ever. The word of God, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, and our souls will live forever. Wouldn't it be wonderful just to be able to know that when we're in eternity, that there's a soul that'll come up to you and say, you know, brother, sister, so glad I met you on earth. Because of you, I know Jesus. And that's what, that's, that's what we want to do, don't we? Don't we want to just bring him all the honor and all the glory? Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll just close in prayer. And uh, I want to thank you all for... Uh, for actually inviting my wife and I, it's been three years. We were talking about this on the way here. Can't believe it—three years. it gone so fast, and so much has happened with the pandemic and what have you. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit down right now because uh, it's just. A, it's just a sore throat that I have. Uh, I can assure you, it's not COVID or anything like that. Because nowadays, you got to be careful to tell people as soon as you have a little cough or something. I don't, I don't have. I don't. I don't have COVID. But anyway, we have a lot to be thankful for. Let's pray. Our God and Father, we thank you again for your kindness, for your love. Thank you for your tenderness, your compassion. We pray for the assembly here in Claremont. We think of the all the prayer requests. Uh, you know each and every one. You know all the situations. We think our Father, uh, even back home and, yea, around this globe, and all the need there is, and yet you're sufficient to meet every single need. The most important thing is we know, Father, you do care and you do love uh, every, uh, every one of your children. And we think of how much you love the world in giving your son. And at this time of year, Father, we pray that we might be able to uh, be good ambassadors for you and that we might uh, be preserved and uh, meet again next Sunday to worship your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we give thee thanks. Amen. Thank you.